This episode is brought to you by Stay Blovely, a brand out of Greensboro everyone should know about. That's S-T-A-Y-B-L-U-V-L-Y. Each piece of clothing fuses fashion with designs that empower the black community while teaching the basis and meaning of black origins and culture through short videos about each piece on their site. Plus, you can get everything from long and short sleeve tees to hoodies and sweatshirts for under $40. Oh, and shipping is free all day, every day. Visit stayblovely.com. That's S-T-A-Y-B-L-U-V-L-Y.com to shop their collections. <laughs> your platform for creatives and today we have a returning guest someone very special to me someone who i hate so much but i love him he's also he's been on the podcast before what, what, what episode i don't know what episode you were but we uh, had you on here forever ago parko richardson is back in here what's up parko what's up get her done get her done <laughs> yes parko's a returning guest so he is no one special but i'm just playing you're special i love you um, but we have some exciting news. There's a reason why you're back. You have a new film you're working on, Toro de Oro, which you are currently in the process of raising money for. So we're going to talk about that. But first, before we dive into that, I want to know what you've been doing with this COVID mess and how you've been coping with that and how you've been working. Oh, cool. Yeah. So COVID has been a mess for me because, you know, I work freelance film industry mm-hmm. and things like that and so my last job before COVID ended was like we were working on a documentary for HBO and we were and then the lockdown happened they were Mm -hmm. they they needed to they actually needed to come back and film more stuff because the days that they were down here shooting in March it was all raining and we were supposed to be shooting on a baseball field blah 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 all this other thing Mm -hmm. but they were supposed they were like all right guys we're gonna come back in a few weeks and then lockdown happened and never heard from this production ever again. Oh my god! <laughs> and, and so they were like, you know, I worked on it for a little. So I don't even know if, it, if the project got scrapped or if it just, you know what I mean? If they just, you know, just like, hey, we got what we got. Let's just make it. You know what I mean? Let's just edit it together. Yeah. So uh, that was like the last project I did, and then summer, or uh, not summer, but uh, you know, spring was just like, you know trying to deal with everything like buy stuff and like you know the toilet pandemic you know i mean where all the toilet paper disappeared so it was like that but luckily for me i buy amazon all the time and so i buy bulk and so i had toilet paper already from like you know my previous bulk buy last me all the way up until i needed it up until you know april or so uh, or late april and then by that time everything had been like you know back in you know back in stock and it wasn't too insane anymore um but yeah i i use this time wisely i i you know i was able to do a table read for my my uh script black santa yes that's my that's my that's my first feature film that i wrote and it's kind of loosely based off my childhood Mm. um where you know i didn't celebrate christmas growing up and so it's a little bit like that. It's about a guy who didn't celebrate Christmas growing up. And so when he grows up, he's kind of like, 
he kind of goes kind of crazy during the holidays where he buys all himself buys himself all of these these gifts and things and to kind of fill that void and so you know but then he ends up like losing his job and then like oh, getting no. recruited as like a, a ball Santa and you know I won't tell the whole story but you, don't tell you know, yeah. Yeah, 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 but you know but that's kind of the premise and like yeah and it's um it's you know we went through some some uh, some serious drafts with that one. At first, I was writing it to be kind of this dark comedy, and then my writing partner was like, "Hey, I want I want this to be a movie where I can take my daughter." And then I was like, "Okay." And so, oh we, yeah, I went, went back. Dark. Yeah, yeah. So then went back to that. So I took out all the curse words. I took all like all my little weird jokes and just like I made it very PG. Oh, and my so. God. Yeah, so we went through two, two, three drafts of that. Well, first we went through first draft, did a table read. I got all these actors together on Zoom, mm-hmm. and then we all read it, and it was great. It was a great read. Took a bunch of notes, and then I went back. We did the second draft. Then that second draft got perfected. I mean, like it was amazing. Then I entered it onto the blacklist, which is like a script platform where people can submit their your 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 script, and they uh, you get your your script judged by. For industry professionals, really, and yes, and so, I mean, the feedback I was getting from them, it was they, it was like you know they were like hey, there's people they one person said he was just like, with minor tweaks this could be a blockbuster film you know what I mean Yo. yeah and it was like yeah and it was things like that where I was like whoa like like yeah but you read it. Now, how do I get this in front of somebody important to read? Like, you know what <laughs> yes. I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they so they score it, and all the scores were I got it scored, reviewed by three different writers, and all of them were saying great building, like just needs uh, minor tweaks to be, you know, you know, blah 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 blah. It was just like minor things, and I was just like, well, that's perfect. They were like, any producer would, you know, love this script, and I was like, okay, well, you guys, but they didn't score it high enough to where it gets noticed to be like featured on their like in like it's a it's a it's kind of a intense battleground on blacklist so oh, yeah very comp- yeah so I've been, yeah very competitive so like it was like middle ground it was like everything was like it's the scoring system five out of ten or no sorry uh one out one to ten and my script was at a five five point six or something like that oh, okay. uh, and yeah yeah and it was like you know and the things they were saying about it i was just like you sound. It sounds like this should be at like a seven or eight. You know, some of the, now some of the categories in 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 my script were they rated were at like seven, eight, and nine, like world building, setup, characters, and things like that. But the overall script, it got like you know, it was like six or like you know five or like a seven. Not enough to be like I think you I think you have to get like an eight and above to be like featured. And I was like. I'm one point. Come on, come on, dude. Just give it to me. <laughs> Jesus, like, give me that C. Give me that C. Yeah, yeah, give, me, yeah give me that C. <laughs> give me that C plus. Um, so yeah, that was that was really good. So after that, you know, we I kind of just took a break from that, and then I then we went back. Me and my buddy wrote a zombie film called Carne Asada, which was it was kind of a it's kind of a political piece, but a horror mm. a horror comedy. Yeah. Which is about it's about two immigrants who get who are like kind of caught like in a uh in a uh a zombie apocalypse who are trying to escape back over the wall <laughs> oh my god get back into mexico yeah, yeah get back into mexico that's hilarious so, yeah so 
Um, and it kind of has something about our deteriorating, like, you know, political atmosphere and how we're like, so like, like nobody wants to stay here. Like we're trying to escape here. Yep. And so that's kind of like our, our zombie film there. So that's currently on our first draft. Um, and, uh, so yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, we registered like in all my, all this stuff is registered to the writer's guild and stuff like that. So if anybody's listening out there. Can't take this idea. It's already registered. <laughs> yeah, it's registered, dog. You ain't taking this shit. <laughs> shit? Yes, yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's what I did. And then obviously we were planning Toro de Oro. And, you know, I had a few other scripts that, you know, I kind of outlined. And I think my next writing venture, I'm calling it my, the black, ver- like my black Wes Anderson film, I'm thinking. It's going to be like my black version of like the, the Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> Whoa, let's freaking <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah, you so come back I, on here. Yeah, yeah. So that's like that's what I'm that's what I'm currently trying to piece together right now because I it's that one's a little bit more per, that's a personal story too because I didn't grow up with my father around and so my real father and so it was a question on whether I wrote this serious short film uh, called Father which was about my dad asking me to visit him on his deathbed. Oh wow! Like if if ever introduced, like what would I do? How would I answer? What would I talk to him about? You oh know? Oh my gosh! Yeah. And I just kept diving into that. I was like, man, this is dark. I'm like, I was like, this is not like how I like to write. I want to fun and stuff like that. And so I, I so I started thinking about inheritor, uh, like how you could inherit things. And mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, what if my dad died and then left me something? And then I had to go back to like my hometown, reconnect with my family, like on his, on my dad's side and experience like, you know, this like fish out of water type tale, but it was kind of like the Royal Tenenbaums, like type of like, not like, like them, but it was like, it's shot in that that Wes Anderson style. Mm. And it's, and it's very like, I, I, I wanted people to speak with like a really high intelligence. Like it wasn't like, it was like, you know, you go. I go back to like Memphis, Tennessee, and like Ooh. everybody has like a Harvard degree. You know what I mean? Yes. That's how I wanted the movie yes. to be like. You know what I mean? Like everybody in that family has like a Harvard degree and things like that. You know, so uh, that's kind of how I'm planning. That's how I, what I'm thinking about. That's my next project. Uh, that's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna write about that. Uh, but other than that, yeah, Toro. Toro. Toro is. Yeah, that's good. That's the that's the that's the that's the project that we've been we're working on and gearing up towards, and that's yes. been an idea for the last two years. Uh, me and Rahulio, the lead actor, got in like you know we yes. we came up with the idea two years ago. Got Pedro on ball, fell asleep on it, and then COVID happened, and we were like, we're not doing anything else. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. So explain to me why did it kind of get put on the shelf for a while. Um, we, Rahulio moved to LA. That was one of the big reasons too. Mm, yes. And one of our, and one of the really big reasonings was when we were, when we were looking to do it, we were like, we were trying to do it under budget. We were trying to be like, let's do this thing for like a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Like how we always do our little projects. Oh, like yes. dollars. But there, the, the Matador suit was going to be over a thousand dollars. And we can find a Matador suit. And that's what kind of shelved the project was like, well, we're never going to find a real Matador suit for, for our price range. But then we started revisiting the project again. Next thing you know, me and Rahulio are doing production calls, uh, uh, meetings on, on Zoom and while he's in L.A. And 
I was like, you know, we're, I'm like, we're like, okay, we're going to shoot for this day, shoot for this. And I'm like, but also you need to train how to be a bullfighter. And then I just, I just said, Hey, let me look up bullfighters in Phoenix, typed in, typed it in and a documentary pops up no. of a bullfighter. Yeah. And it just got, and it was done by NPR to our local NPR station here. And it was about a, a, a bullfighter who used to fight in New Gales, Mexico, like three hours away from here in the 70s and 80s. Dude, and that's so, legit. And so we just reached out to this dude. We like, we, so Rahulio, he, I said, dude, let me see if he's on Facebook. Boom, he's on Facebook. His wife's on Facebook. We messaged both of them. They, got, they get back in contact with us the same day, and Rahulio talks to them on the phone. We set up a meeting. We drive down to Tucson, and we have this meeting. He brings his suit, and then that first black and white teaser poster I posted, yes. that was from that meeting. So that was from that him putting on a suit in, on that at that meeting. And that's Dude. when we were like, we, we got it. He's like, well, you guys can use this outfit. And we are like, perfect. You know no what I mean? way. Yeah. And we, we, so, and it fit the tone because it had all that gold and everything on it. Yeah. And, yeah, so, and that's what kind of greenlit our project. That's kind of like, you know, it was like, we thought that was our biggest obstacle was finding that suit because everything else we, we have, we know of, we know how to do that. Yeah. And yeah. so, and so now we got everything and we got that. And then we got the, the, our bullfighter, uh, who, who is now, you know, he's on the, he's on the team. He's training Rahulio. He's, he's actually, you know, he's actually in the film. <laughs> so he's in the, that guy's in the movie. Yeah. He's in the movie as our trainer. You know what I mean? That's awesome. And so, because there's footage yeah. of that on y'all's um on the page. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I guess he's the last he's he's the last cast person I posted yes. on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. So yeah. So yeah. Take us back through and I, and this is something I need to clear for me. By the way, this is our second time doing this interview. My equipment messed up, yeah, yeah. so we're gonna revisit those some of the same questions. <laughs> so I didn't know how to fundraisers really work because you have a Kickstarter for this. The film is yeah, not yeah. done, but you've done some mm-hmm. pre-production. Yes. So. Film is not done, but we've done a lot of pre-production. Like, I mean, we scouted houses. We scouted locations. I mean, we pretty much have every location that we want to shoot at already, you know, locked in. We got every outfit for all our main cast already done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was just from me saying, hey, guys, let's just get a start on this. And just, like, take some character posters to really show some – to show people we're not playing around this time around. You know what I mean? And so – we we i mean we just you know i we took a couple of photos and i i you know like i said i was in the studio and we were taking these photos and we were looking at them and we were like me and pedro both were like hitting each other like oh my god this is this is gonna be amazing so this looks good. so good this, this looks so good and then i was like and i told him i even whispered i was like dude people are gonna look at these photos and say why do these motherfuckers need money? Yes. These pictures look, these pictures looking so amazing. Like, did they? Is this project done? Are they going to think we already filmed the project? It's already done. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, oh man. And I mean, like, and that's and that's a, and that has a lot to do with our our, our wardrobe and makeup uh, guy Skyler, where he I gave we gave him 150 bucks. He did to go all to, that. He, he went to Goodwill. He went to he said he went to like 20 different Goodwills. And got us all the seventies outfits for all the cast like that. Oh my gosh! And I was going to ask you, yeah, because yeah, this movie is set in the seventies. So I was yeah, going to ask uh-huh. you, how did that affect you finding locations and the outfits? Obviously, you got from Goodwill. So was that tough to do? The yeah, locations? 
I mean, like a lot of these locations, uh, well, that's the thing. Our movie doesn't take place. It takes our movie takes place behind the scenes, you know, of a bullfighting arena. So ah, we don't. It's not. It does, we don't need to be on location at a lot of these places. Like we don't need to be on the street somewhere. We don't need to be like you know. So you know, we have a flashback scene where we're at a ranch. You know what I mean? And we found a ranch that looks you know so desolate. You you could tell like it could be any time. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, and I mean we have friends that have like old tractors, horses, and yes. things like that. And so we're, you know, we we got the hookup up here and things like that. So I mean, we 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 wrote it and we scouted really closely to be like, all right, so we don't have to find like old cars or any crazy thing like that. All we need to do is worry about wardrobe. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, that's the hardest part. That's amazing. Yeah, so it was written yeah. two years ago. So, mm-hmm. what? Without giving us too much of the, too much of uh, what we're gonna see, what is the premise of the of the film? What what is this about? It's about a bullfighter who is torn between fame and family. That's literally it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's basically he loves the fame. He loves being in the spotlight. He loves being a bullfighter. He loves being a matador. You know what I mean? And so when something comes up and he's like, and that interrupts it, he's just like, well, do I want to stop doing bullfighting or do I, you know what I mean? So he's, he's, he's torn between, between the two, you know? And so that's kind of what we're exploring right there with this, with this short is that. And and so, yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of like, we want to make this our kind of a concept film too. Because, we can make this into a feature length and obviously the feature length will be more grand grand scale. You know what I mean? Cars and old school and everything like that. Yes. But this was, you know, concept of like, you know, Hey, proof of concept, look at this, take a look. Do we have something here? And then like, you know, go to the, you know, short films and festivals and everything like that. So, yes. So when uh, it came to the writing, did you, mm-hmm. was it tough to kind of, was it tough for you to write the script out and get it perfect how you wanted it, or did, was it pretty smooth? I know it was two years ago, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, I didn't do any writing. I just I brainstormed the idea. I just gave like my kind of outline notes of like, hey, this is what I think a story should be like. Blah blah blah. Pedro came, wrote a script. We were like, okay, cool. How do we do this? Um, because back then it was even more crazy. We had like a a huge dream sequence where he's like fighting a massive bull and like, you know what I mean? All this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, It was like, yeah, yeah. And so we were like, okay, how do we do this? And plus on top of the the suit. And then, so like I said, during COVID, that's when we revisited and Rahulio went back and he wrote it for a more like, think of it as a soap opera. You know what I mean? He wrote it more like it, like that, you know, he wrote it more dramatic, and more, you know, something we could actually do, not you know, less visual effects and all that jazz. It's very, it's real and genuine and raw. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly. badass. And I know you yeah. yourself kind of like more. I guess, you know, you mentioned the film of uh, with your dad. You know, so that you, mm-hmm. you like a little funniness and kind of not so serious. Yeah, yeah. Flick. So how was it writing this compared to what you like? Usually, I know you didn't write it, but how was it working on something that's not really your style? Yeah, I mean, well, I love dramatic films. Like, I, I always, 
am drawn to having dramatic. Like I love drama. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. those type of movies. I don't like having drama in my, in my life, <laughs> but I like having drama in my movies. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, but I, and that was the thing. I, I, um, I always come up with these dramatic ideas. I have lots of ideas about, and that was one of the main reasons with Father with, with the short film I had because I, I, I had wrote this. 10 page script, some 14 page script. And I gave it to some people and they were like, it seems like a treatment. There seems like there should be more. And I just think to, I keep thinking to myself, like, I don't know if I want to write more because I just like, I don't want something like this is like very personal and raw, but it's also like, it's just like, I don't know if I just want, like I even had people reading there like, it made me cry. And I was like, I don't want that. You know what I mean? And so that's when I started rethinking it. And I was like, I want my, I was like, what if I made this into like a, you know, kind of a Wes Anderson style type of movie. You know what I mean? And so that's, and that's, so I went back to the drawing board. I mean, I still had that script, but you know, it was a dark time, you know, because you know, you know, with the whole black lives matter movement, yes. I even wrote like, you know, that whole thing that took off, uh, with George Floyd. I, I mean, like, it was like, it kept happening. Like it just felt like a weird time because was it Ahmad Avery who was shot, who was gunned down running, running in the back in those running, running. And I was sitting there, I was like, I and I was like, dude, I ride my bike 13 to 14 miles all the time through just neighborhoods. Like, you know, I do this loop and I'm like, for somebody to get like chased down for exercising, I mean, like, and so I made this, I wrote this movie. I knew how it wanted to end it, but I didn't know how I, how the movie should start. I knew it. I, so I wrote, I started writing a story about a guy coming back from being serving in the military, yeah. going back to his, his back to the South. I served in the military. So it's another personal story to me too. Exactly. So yeah, I started military. Yeah. So I, I, so I went back, and the guy goes back to the south, and you know he's living his life. He's going to school, and I just knew I wanted to like give give Ahmad, you know, some 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 payback. Yeah. And so I wrote this ending about like how these guys they do this. He's this this marine, this ex marine. They don't know he's an ex marine, but he's like running, he's jogging, and they do the same thing. They roll up on him. But they fuck with the wrong motherfucker because he's an yes. ex-marine. You know what I mean? And yes. He just, and, and he just fucks him up, and that, and then I just like, that's the end of the movie. He just fucks him up and leaves the guns and just continues on his drug. You know what I mean? And that's it. It's like a Get Out type of thing. You know how Get Out was? You know, Love you think he's about to get arrested. He's, he's he's about to get arrested, but it's his homeboy. Yes. And they get in the car and they just drive off. Exactly. That's how I wanted it. Like yes, the end where he's just like. There's no, like, he's not going to get arrested he's, because these guys were a bunch of fucking assholes, you know what I mean? And so that was the that was the idea for it. And I just, and but, like, I started writing that, and then another thing happened. And then another thing, and then I was just like, shit, by the time I write this, I, you know, I could have 15 stories of, like, you know, unjust, black injustice films. I was just like, I, I was just, dude, it, it came to a halt, and I just, I couldn't even write it anymore. I just, like, yeah. it's just too much shit going on. I was just... Never it was ending. ridiculous. Never ending. It was never ending. And so I got out and I started doing more protests, you know, here downtown and, you know, marches and, you know, protesting the police and, you know, and all that jazz here. And, uh, you know, being safe, obviously, I had my mask and everything like that. A lot of people right. had their mask on, by the way. So, Thank I mean, every, well, everybody had their mask on. So, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, you know, it was just a crazy time during COVID and, you know, but. Yeah. I made it through it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And speaking, I'm of still that, making it through it. How about that? Oh yeah, it's, not, it's definitely not over yet. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely no, not over. No. 
By the way, please go out there and vote, people. Anyways, um, <laughs> yes, please vote. Um, I already did. One thing I'm very excited about this film is that you're you're portraying people of color in a different light than you usually see on the film. So mm-hmm. tell us about that, that and good. how important that is. So Jacob, we're going to interrupt this interview real quick for a new game of high brew or cold brew. You down? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, so the point of the game is to guess what I'm describing as cold brew or high brew. Make sense? Um, well, I'm not really sure what high brew is. You'll figure it out. Uh, okay. Just answer cold brew or high brew. It's pretty simple. You ready? Okay, here's the first one. It can come with added protein. Um, cold brew? High brew. It has more antioxidants and twice the caffeine than a normal cup of coffee. Uh, high brew. High brew. It has less acid and sugar than a normal cup of coffee. Cold brew? High brew. It helps support direct trade farmers. Okay, uh, high brew. High brew. It has less environmental impact on our planet. Cold brew. High brew. So, wait, all, all the answers are just high brew. Well, yeah, this is a sponsor ad. And that concludes our game of Cobrew or Highbrew, proudly sponsored by, well, Highbrew Coffee, an Austin, Texas-based Cobrew company dedicated to serving an elevated coffee experience. Visit www.highbrewcoffee.com and use promo code Pizza and Brew for 20% off your order of a 12-pack and get cold brew that doesn't just taste better, but does better. Ship directly to your door. That was a big. That was a big. Uh, a big thing, and that's kind of why I stopped writing that other film, too. Uh, was because of that. You know, I was just like, and that's kind of why we wrote Black Santa. That's kind of why I wrote Carne Asada. Mm. Is because we were portraying people that are usually, you know, in like you know these stereotypical you know roles yes. in movies, and put them in the forefront in these different light, shining these different light on them. And and that's kind of what I was telling Pedro. I was like, dude, I you know I'm tired of making you know. I said we made a few short films like we made that border film, Alter Valley. We made Paradise Terrace. We made and I was just like, dude, both of those movies kind of just showed the struggles and the like you know our fucked up culture. You know what I mean? I was just like, I'm done. I'm just like we're done. We're done making those movies. I'm like, let's show people of color in a new light you know what i mean you know it's just i want to show people in a positive like things that we haven't seen like get out you know what i mean show you know yes. a horror film you haven't seen them in a horror like black people not many black people survive you know horror films you know my boy was boxing jason on fucking the rooftops and you know them friday 13th what is it manhattan or whatever it was yes <laughs> you know what i mean he's over there boxing them and i thought i thought i was like i was like you know what Jason ain't going to do anything. He was like, I got mad respect for this dude. He's like, walk away. Nah, I knocked his head off or whatever he did. Oh, my God. <laughs> but yes. it was so funny because Jason let him do it, though. Jason let him box him a little bit until he got tired. It was just like, you know, it was like, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Get, out of get, get one. Yeah, go ahead. Get one. Get a few licks. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, but, my um, gosh. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, I, you know, like I said, I just we were done, you know, making movies were done making films like that and that's kind of like also why i wanted to rewrite my father's script because i was like you know why don't i just make this a wes anderson type movie i was like yes i mean, I mean how many other I like how many other folks get away with that stuff and also it was funny because i i sent that i we sent that script to a few other people um some local writers here and they were white and mm. they one of the feedbacks that we got from it was that our carne asada one was that 
he's like he's like it seems like one of the jokes just leads up to a big fuck you Donald Trump joke at the end of the film. I was like, well, yeah, that's the yes, fuck thank you. <laughs> you got what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then and then and then and then he was like, I know he didn't like that. I mean, like, because you know they're probably I'm, I mean, they're more of a horror fans than I am. That's why I sent it to him. Uh, but I know also when he's like, he's like the white people who are in this script are kind of just like these. They're not so like they're not developed enough. They're like the white folks in it, and I was just like, well, yeah, that's the like, it's kind of like what the point of like those white folks in our story is is that they are the b characters to our main characters who are fully fleshed out you yes. know what i mean just like in our movies like our black characters would be the stereotypical nothing like there was just like you know mm-hmm. they were just these ads you know just they were just there you know what i mean there was just like nothing to them yes and so i was like and so it was just like you know i had to ask another friend they were just like why should i care what other people like other like other white folks think of how i portray them like you know what i mean especially because they don't ask me like you know steven spielberg is not gonna he didn't ask all black people before he started directing color purple <laughs> you know right. what i mean <laughs> you know what i mean he didn't go out like i mean maybe he did i, I mean know. yeah we'll but, know. You know I mean? but you know, i don't know but you know what i mean but that's what i'm saying these filmmakers don't go out and ask permission from like the masses of people on how they portray black people they just do whatever their creative you know whatever is inside them how they want to portray it creatively yes. and so that's kind of like what i wanted to do i was just like i mean i shouldn't i i don't care what you know how white people like you know just like that's how i write my white folks in my movies <laughs> just Absolutely. like whatever and this is like <laughs> the not, throwaways yeah it's, it's not all the movies are gonna be for you i mean it, yeah yeah exactly you know it's what i'm not saying for you. i mean i'm you know it's just like black panther you know what i mean you know there's you know there's the haters out there who hate black panther i already know they are it's just like and there's mainly all these white folks probably like, eh, like nigga, you got like 18 superhero white superhero movies. Are you are mad because I got one Can't black one? one? I mean, I, and I mean, I mean, like we had Meteor Man. I mean, I love Meteor Man, but like oh in the Marvel, <laughs> dude. I, I mean, I, I mean, like that was our first. I feel like you know, and Blank Man. I mean, come on now, Blank Man is <laughs> just like <laughs> wow. Oh man, Blank Man and Meteor Man up in the 90s with those superhero movies. Those were good. Those are good movies right there. Uh, black black superheroes right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's like, you know, you get one like Black Panther movie and everybody loses their fucking mind. You know what, what I mean? Too. Yeah. I mean, they did. It was like it was received by both. I mean, like, you know, people love that movie. But there was also those haters out there was just like, I am in the You know, I don't want to go out. You know, I want to watch that movie. Blah, 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 blah. And it's just like. It's like, Dog. Like, you know, it's like it's it's like people who were mad at like Spider Man, Miles, uh, Miles Morales being black. They're yeah, they were like everybody was mad about that. They were like Spider Man's not black. Ah! They go crazy. I'm like, hey guys, it's a brand new character. Like, like come on, like you guys are like so ridiculous right now. Like, like you literally had a hundred years of Peter Parker, and you're just mad because now we have like five years of miles like you know what i mean which it's is like dope. people are like losing the, yeah yeah which is dope i can't wait to play that game by the way oh, playstation man. send me a, if, you, if you listen to this sony send me a playstation 5 yeah, send, me parko. send me parko send, send me parko phoenix arizona dude yeah. like it's and that's why i'm so happy y'all doing it this way you doing it your own adding your own flavor to it and doing your own shit yeah. and kind of you know saying fuck you to these people the white people that you yeah, know, yeah. have their random opinions about it um, yeah. I know when I read that and also saw that in the little teaser y'all posted, I was like, dude, thank you for not portraying people of color in such a way. We've already seen a bajillion times. 
So. I know. How many black slave movies do we got to fucking see? You know what I mean? It's like, I don't give a fuck about the slavery. I like, I, I already know. I know what happened in Roots. I got it. Yes, <laughs> you know we grew mean? up on that shit. Give me, I know, like, give me Django Unchained where he's going around shooting motherfuckers. That's on, on a PlayStation. I'd rather watch Django Unchained a bunch of times than, like, go watch a, a slave movie like 12 Years a Slave and shit Thank like you. that. Like, and then everybody wins the Oscars for that. Oh, my God, he did such a portray. I'm like, it's black pain. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and you guys, and motherfuckers still don't believe it. <laughs> exactly. My thing is, is when all these awards and there's still issues in the world. Yeah. <laughs> And most motherfuckers still black. Oh my god, you guys struggle so much. But that shit happened year, hundreds of years ago. You guys don't need it, need anything from that. It's like, it's like okay. God, it's like it's a fucking double edged sword, dude. It's just it's really just fucking can't win nuts. You can't win. Jesus. So, so when it came to you guys finding this great cast, how was it um doing casting calls and finding all the people to be involved? Uh, so we actually sent out a because like, one of the main issues that i mean not issues but one of the main talks that we were talking about was that we wanted to pull out the stops for this we really wanted to go like we wanted like we were shooting for the stars for this project we're like hey if this gets into some festivals we're going to the oscar we're going to submit this to the oscars type of thing and so we said we're like so one of the main things we were like we got to find sag sag actors really good actors and but then COVID, I was like, you know, we're, we're thinking all high and we're like, COVID. And so, but we, but I, but we started, so we did casting and we did casting and I put up casting calls in San Diego, here, New Mexico. And we actually got even, and I had some friends even shared in for, in, in Mexico. Oh my God. And so we even had this, this one, this one lady in Mexico City submit and she was amazing. And we wanted her so bad, but COVID. No, we, like, we, we just like we were just thinking we were just like logistically. I don't think it's gonna happen, guys. I was like, because of COVID. I just like you know, it's a hot spot here. It's a hot spot there. It's like, it's like how do we make this happen? Like the borders might be still closed. You know what I mean? So, so we ended up finding an all local cast that we could. We were all we were happy to find here. Dude, um, so all in Phoenix. All in Phoenix, yes. But we looked everywhere, though. But it ultimately came down to location because of COVID. Oh, man. So that so, represented a, new di- a different challenge to you. Add some pressure. Yeah. Yeah, yes, exactly. Oh, my so, gosh. And it worked out better for the Kickstarter and stuff like that because we were able to take pictures of them. You know, can't fly an actress down here from, you know, Mexico City, take a few photos, send her back. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That would have been so expensive, them flying back yeah. here to actually film it. Exactly. So, how long do you think that was kind of? Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. No, that that was kind of the reason why we did that 10k budget too, was because we were thinking we were going to have to like fly people and do all this other jazz and things like that. So now we can put a little bit more money into our production, like you know, for cameras and things like that. So we could throw that money back in. Yeah. So, how how long do you think it take you to film? Uh, we're looking at probably a week to shoot because we actually want to go down. We actually do want to go down to the Dallas. Uh, and shoot at that bull that bull arena or you know stadium that's down there, and so uh, that's one of the another advantages to having Siliano, uh, our our, uh, our actual bullfighter, on, on with us because he knows the owner of that place, and gotcha. so yeah, yeah, he knows the owner of that place, and he's actually he actually uh, he actually uh, 
he bull he he was he was bullfighting in, in Mexico. at that stadium yeah in Mexico at that stadium seventies uh, and eighties. That is insane. Another thing about this is that speaking of the bullfighting, this is also kind of like how the bullfighting kind of died out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the yeah, so that was one of the things he was telling us too that. You know, even in Spain, bullfighting kind of died out, and how he was—they're tr- trying to, uh, you know, there's area, there's still areas where it's legal, but in New Gales, I know it's illegal to bullfight, and I know there's a lot of places that they're trying to bring back. They're uh, they're trying to bring back uh, bullfighting because I mean it's a big part of their heritage, you know. Right, right. Especially, in, I mean, and, and me being like, I was, I was telling them, I was like, just like me, I was being a dumb, dumb American too. I was just like, I was like, dude, I, I used to think that bullfighting was just like a, a Spain thing. It only happened in like Barcelona and things like that. And, and then I, and then I got educated by this bullfighter, Silviano. And he was just like, nope, Mexico's, he's like, Spain is first, Mexico's second. And then he was like, and then there he started naming off some other countries down in uh, South America and stuff like that. So this is way more widespread than you kind of thought. That's wild. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think it was kind of exactly. cool getting the culture and history behind bullfighting. I'm sure you've learned a lot throughout mm-hmm. this whole process. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, just the way, like, just the different swords, you know what I mean? And, like, they're, the different capes, what the capes do, and, like, mm. you know, how to hold it. And it's just like, you know why like you know why the hat is the the way the hat is and like how you know they would pass the hat around and like people would put money in it and yes. people would invite you yeah dude it's just ridiculous i was just like wow you know so i learned a lot of stuff and so that was one of the big things too is that we're trying to be also very authentic to that culture and to like you know just everything that leads up to a bullfight like we don't want to cut any corners, being like, "Oh, well, it'll be easier for us in the production just to do it this way." But we, we're trying to, you know, yeah. really, yeah, focus and do everything the right way. That's so dope, man! I'm so hype. I'm so hype. So to touch more yeah. on the the fundraiser part, because I know people, you know, interested in, you know, learning more mm-hmm. where their money is going. You touched on it a little bit, but I want to read down what yeah. you know, kind of read what's on the page so people kind of kind of know what's up. Um, he's going to art, yeah, yes. location, obviously the cast and the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shed, mm-hmm. so shed some light on like the art. So you mean like getting art pieces to set the scenes? Is that what art, you mean? Yep, art direction. Yeah, to make things look like it actually t- takes place in the seventies. Gotcha. That's the bit. So that's what we were trying to because there's a scene where it, it, it takes place in a chapel, and so we got to make sure everything in that chapel is seventies decor or eighties or looks close to it, to where people are not like. That was made in 1995. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. So we got to make sure we have that stuff in there, um, and so yeah. So that's the biggest thing is that you know, and then it's also about renting location. Like one of the ranches that we want to shoot at, you know, the the estimated budget for that they gave us the quote they gave us was going to be eighteen hundred dollars. I was oh. like, just to shoot here for one day, they were just like, yeah, but because but they're an event venue because they rent it out for oh, weddings and things yeah. like that and and but it's a but they have a, a arena they have the bullfighter in the arena which is perfect for our flashbacks and so we were just like man like you know gotta do it you know do we do it gotta do it you know what i mean so it just goes into stuff like that and so we're hoping that they work with us on the on that cost but 
yeah, we just, you know, hey, you gotta it's pay for the play. film, you know, you gotta, you gotta play. Yeah, exactly. You gotta play, you gotta pay to play. You gotta, you gotta spend money to make money. <laughs> yes, you do. And that is some yeah. real shit right there. People, people are not lying when they say that everything takes money. Yeah. Yeah. But dude, yeah. and y'all over the y'all over the budget, yes, or over the over the um the initial pledge, y'all at ten four ten. Oh yeah, yeah, now, yeah, oh awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So today we hit over. We're we're fully funded now. We're at yes. ten thousand four hundred and nineteen dollars now. Yes, yes. And yes. With, with fourteen days to go still. So, <laughs> so that means in so that means that you are kind of ready to start putting this in in motion. Mm-hmm. So and so as soon as this ends. All of November will be crunch time of pre-production. We'll just be doing pre-production those first three weeks, uh, leading up to Thanksgiving. We'll do. We'll you know everybody will go spend time with their family. Then a couple of weeks in the first two weeks of December, we'll do more pre-production, and then that third week of December, we'll shoot right be- the week before Christmas. We'll shoot. The Free Pizza Podcast is proudly sponsored by Lucky House MFG. Lucky House is an eco-friendly screen printing and design studio with over 10 years of experience in the industry. They offer high-quality custom printing services, including apparel printing, graphic design, promo goods, and embroidery. Visit www.luckyhousemfg.com to get a quote and to learn more. That is dope. So it'll take you about yeah. a week. It'll take us about a week. Okay. Hopefully. It'll take about a week, yeah. Yo, that is amazing. And I'm curious, just because of myself, of how people are mm-hmm. working nowadays. With COVID, are you taking, like, mm-hmm. kind of strict measures Oh yeah, what people are doing? Yeah, yeah. So, kind of, it's kind of the same thing, kind of how I've been working. Because I've started working again uh, in the industry. And so, what they usually do is everybody, all the crew members have masks on. Mm-hmm. And the only people who don't have masks on are talent when they're in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. As soon as they come off the camera, they put back on their mask. Yes. Uh like I'm doing a commercial this weekend with Michael Phelps. Uh, oh, wow. And yeah. And so they made us all go get COVID tests. You know, they, this one, they stuck it all in the back of my nose Ugh. and it like hurt. Dude, it still hurts. The side of my head still hurts. The word is stuck the, the, the little thing in there. The swab. And so Ugh. the swab, yeah, it hurts. It hurts so bad. Uh, and yeah. So, you know, so that's one of the biggest things. We're, so we're going to make, the the cast so there's a asu here the, the college here mm-hmm. they do free COVID testing and so i was going to send the, all the crew members even the actors and stuff like that to go get COVID tested uh a couple of days before the, we start shooting like you know you know principal photography starts to happen and stuff like that we'll send uh everybody go get tested and then you know once everybody gets you know the results back then we'll start production because uh Julio, he's already said it already. So he's he's having a kid. He just found out that he's having a baby, so he wants to be as safe as possible. Our lead actress, Elizabeth, she's she has a she just had as a newborn, so she has to be very safe. And they actually share an intimate scene where they I mean not intimate, but you know, it's kind They're of like a kiss. Close you know? quarters. No, that's it. Yeah, close, close quarters. Uh and then a lot of and then like, you know, and then our other two actor or three actors, they're kinda, of, you know, older. You know what I mean? So they definitely can't be getting COVID. You know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, we're we're taking precautions. Just to, you know, we don't want to be that crew. <laughs> yes. Yeah, especially to kill Julio. I mean, this guy's already. He was. He he just told me he just wrapped the uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's film. I think he said yesterday or the day before he wrapped. Insane. He, uh, yeah, he was just like he's like 
you know, I was working with Sean. Oh, I don't know if I could be saying all this, <laughs> all these actors, because they probably not even out. Like the, the list is not out. Uh, but you know, he's telling me all the actors he worked with, and it was it was a really cool experience and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I think I think he uh, yeah I think he doesn't want to get COVID. Yeah. No one does. <laughs> he can't so kill it. Yeah, he can't kill his acting career. That's why I was curious of like you know what steps you're taking, but it sounds like you're taking it very seriously, and I'm super hyped. I'm super hyped. Yeah. So before we cool. get out of here, um, okay. when you, your plans for this is to submit it to film festivals and get it all around mm-hmm, the circuit. Mm-hmm. So how mm-hmm. when you, I guess you'll be done with it this year and releasing next year, right? Yeah. So basically, we would we will shoot. Hopefully, my 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 plan is to shoot, take a break. You know, look over the footage, everything the week, the next week, or whatever. Make sure everything we got everything. Hopefully, try to get a a, a rough cut slash final cut by early february mm. and the, and then and then start submitting as soon as start submitting to all the new all the festivals leading up after that yes. and yeah yeah and then but then but we'll do it but we have kickstarter stuff so you know people will get all their you know the posters and yes. you know all their you know their postcards Me. and everything that you know yeah <laughs> and so um we'll we'll send all that stuff out um and then we we said that there's going to be a premiere, and so we were thinking about doing kind of a um, now that AMC is kind of going under a little bit, you can rent out a theater for like ninety nine dollars and stuff like that. So, yes. <laughs> so yeah, so we were like, hey, that's perfect. Let's go. Let's rent out it, and we'll do like a small premiere for all the local people who donate it. You know what I mean? And, you know, come. You know, bring them all in, and we'll do like they'll have the early event showing, private showing. And then, you know, so we can continue our festival stuff, but um, we'll just be like a little Kickstarter showing for people who donated. And then, like, after that, you know, we'll, it'll be released online probably. I would say it will probably, once it, it depends on the festivals, because certain festivals won't allow you to, you know, sub, like have the movie online and submit to festivals because, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so we'll probably just do all festivals for probably the you know all the way up until it probably won't be put online until 20 early 2022 or late 21 wow dang yeah yeah yeah. like like to the public to the public public. all the kick to the public but the kickstarter people who who you know they'll get the digital private link you know what i mean still you know they'll get their little private link but for the public the people who didn't donate or whatever like that for them to see it it probably won't be until later the peasants the peasants, yeah, the peasants. <laughs> Dude, when you get a date for that uh, for the Kickstarter people, I know I'm not local, but I will probably yeah. seriously fly out there and, and hang Come out. Come on out. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, you got a place to stay. Come on I, out. I gave my coins, so I want to see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, I want it. I want it now. I want it now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, like I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm very involved in this project. So, you know, I'm, you know, creative, like very creative like portion of it so i'm like 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 the heavy producer in this yes, one you're, you're i got a lot invested as it is i'm in this so you know i'll be taking pictures and updating on kickstarter because i know kickstarter does updates and stuff mm-hmm. so i'll be doing like you know you'll see it on my instagram as soon as we start shooting i'll be like oh shooting this oh look at this look at this look at the behind the scenes of this you know what i mean so we'll you will see it everybody we're, we're getting there so yes Dale, i'm super hyped hearing your side of this is makes me even more excited mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was, I think you're mega talented. And I was happy to invest in this project. So, 
Yeah, thank yes. you. Appreciate your donation. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm gonna to talk some more to cast members. You gave me um, Pedro and Regalio. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, Rogelio. Yeah, Rogelio. Um, but I yeah. might want to talk to some more, like Elizabeth and all of them. So maybe I can get those contacts from you. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I want to talk to more of them before this all kind of comes out. So within the next yeah. couple months. So, um, dude, thank you for your time, Perfect. brother. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Of course, I'm glad it worked out this second go around. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I feel like this one was a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I was. I feel like I was a little more prepared anyway, so it kind of worked out yeah, for yeah. better. Um, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yes, dude. I'll leave you alone. Let you get on to your evening. But, dude, I love you yeah, so yeah. much, and we'll talk soon. Love okay? you too. Thank you. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Later, Appreciate brother. it. Later. Bye. Willow Wellness Center in High Point strives to deliver an inclusive, accessible, and non-judgmental approach to well-being by helping their clients find balance and peace in all aspects of life through massage therapy, yoga, Reiki, and a variety of group classes. And now they're offering virtual yoga classes for yogis of all types, including a free beginner-friendly Friday morning flow that you can take from the comfort of your own home. Visit willowhighpoint.com and check them out on social media at Willow High Point to jumpstart your personal well-being today. The Free Pizza Podcast. We are on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Just go on the Google App Store. Go on everywhere. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, Live Journal, Twitter. We tweet. We'll do smoke sniggles. Whatever y'all need. Thank y'all so much. Have a good night.